Listeners, I'm JB. I'm Jordan. I'm Greg. And this is, is Camp Motherfucking Krusty. This is our Thanksgiving special. In the middle of June. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. that's the thing about Thanksgiving. You never know when it's going to happen. I would argue that it's always time. <laughs> <laughs> no one expects Thanksgiving. I would argue that it's always time to give thanks. Yeah, sure. I would, al- I would argue that. Uh, it would behoove one to make a regular habit out of taking like five minutes every day and just being intentionally thankful. And I know that's not what you expected to hear come out of JB's mouth, because I can be kind of nihilist and kind of cynical. But, you know, that's well, a weird why, way to... Why that's... do we have to reserve a certain Thursday in November to be thankful for shit? I agree. And also, why do we have to hold to the to the, to the weird colonizer racist beginnings of it <laughs> right like why like if we took the pilgrims out of thanksgiving it would be a way better holiday well, i feel like we no. need at least like the, the purpose of thanksgiving is at least once a year you're <clears throat> reminded to try to do that shit because if we didn't have that one day a year we would forget i think as yeah. it is it people we would entirely forget to do that because we're for uh, sure we're, well, whole, we're a bunch of swine at this w- point w- yes i don't disagree <laughs> with that but i think also we live in a society and a culture that encourages us to just go, 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 and never stop and evaluate or give thanks. So, like, it's, I think it's both the individual and the culture's fault, right? Like, to at a certain point, you can't really blame an individual that lives in this society for, like, forgetting to give thanks for stuff, because we're not really given the time to do that. I wasn't taught right to do it. For sure. We have, I was, just <laughs> I was follow- raised wrong. I was just following orders. <laughs> I was just following orders. <laughs> yeah. They told me to give thanks, and so I did. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've been in the studio. How are you guys? Good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. fine. We did the smart thing and recorded a bunch of shit up front so we didn't have to be in the studio every week yeah. like Jordan and I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the three of us are somehow smarter than the two of us, but... Well, three brains <laughs> equals smarter than two brains. That's fair. That's like math, right? So it is or maybe pr- that's science, biology. I don't know. <laughs> so it is it's pr- advanced. It yeah. is Pride Month. So real quick, shout out to to the to our yes. LGBTQ plus friends. Absolutely. Uh, you will notice that we're probably going to do the same thing here that we did on Camp Nightmare, which is not have a Pride specific <sighs> episode. We're not going to talk about that episode where uh, Homer goes to like the Pride Parade. I mean, if we're gonna do one, <laughs> like I would rather do the John Waters one. But oh yeah, that's yeah. my a great point one. is is that Season we. Eight. I think I could speak for us when I say we we avidly <laughs> do not believe in rainbow capitalism and we don't believe sure. in the idea of pandering, waiting until June to acknowledge and celebrate the LGBTQ. Yeah, we already community. we already this season talked about Carl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So we're just continuing. Carl's fantastic. In, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. We talked about you know how cool it was for to have a character like him. Once well, Smithers in, in the early has 90s. been like a gay character since more or less the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, you know? Well, it started with that line. I think it was in the uh, Telltale Head where he says like you know, I, I love I love you Smithers or something, and he says uh, feelings more than mutual, sir. And like that <laughs> yeah. from that line they knew like they going just went forward on. that's. Lean know, into it. Smithers is not just a sycophant. He is absolutely in love. He's a, he's a, dare I say, dickophant. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And he's Ooh. that's the only reason, really, that he takes so much abuse from For he, sure. Burns. But he also has the personality of a sycophant, for sure. Like, he has the makeup what? to be a great assistant. Well, I, think I think he's attracted to his power. I think we can sure. all agree that it's a sure. super toxic relationship that he has with Mr. Burns. Sure. And Mr. Burns is more or less oblivious 
And yeah. anytime he does remember, I am assuming his his brain just he forgets. He's very old. I mean, he doesn't remember Homer most. Of the yeah, time. He, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't remember Homer episode to episode. I'm sure he wouldn't remember some of the like the 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 more subtle cues that Homer Simpson. Smithers. Yeah. One of those drones from Sector Seven, sir. <laughs> All 7G. right, so Seven G, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, we're back. It's been a while. We've had about a month off from yep. episodes. Uh, yeah, it's just you know lining up schedules. I work on call every like two weeks, and that throws a wrench in things. But mm-hmm. and I'm you know, pretty I'm pretty much on call all of the time. Yeah, like listen, no one has a consistent. Unless schedule. you're really no. passionate about it, don't get into managing a nonprofit anything. None of us have normal schedules at all, so it's no. really it is hard to like no. figure out what the fuck is Jordan going on. Jordan doesn't actually sleep. No. From everything that I have gathered, there is not like I know you. I feel like you pretend to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or I like, with one or like, open. you just stop <laughs> responding to people between certain hours and tell them that's when you're asleep. <laughs> I've done that. I think I'm like for sure. So a lot. But I think you. I'll do text that. back. I'll be like, I'm sleeping. I'm currently asleep. Stop. Or text. you won't just text. standing up in a coffin like Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, like doing the uh, <laughs> like there's hinges at my ankles. Just ding. I imagine it more like he just like sits quietly down in a chair in a dark room and stares at a wall for a se- select number of hours before like, you know, like seven hours later, he's just like hmm? recharged. Yeah. Recharged. He's like an iPhone. Seven. Who has time to sleep for seven hours? Me. <laughs> Bro, I get at least seven hours of sleep. 90% of the time. Nice. Intentionally. Yeah, Dude. You, you go to bed early good. and wake up early as well. Yeah, it'll change your life though, bro. Like regulating your sleep <laughs> Live schedule. Live like a farmer. And get... Dude, fuck you. <laughs> farmer. Dude, I'm telling you, regulating your schedule and your sleep schedule and the amount of sleep that you get will change you, like everything about you. Like in a good way. Every Jordan's like, I'm not buying it. Every- like, cr- <laughs> so I you like, can't crack- tell me like, when to sleep. I don't want to change Jordan everything just, All about you hear me. is the... Of Jordan cracking another monster. Sounds like, yeah, time for a coffee. <laughs> that yeah. a I don't want to change everything. I just mean, I'm going to change a few things. Yeah. Well, so we're back. Uh, yep, we're talking Bart versus Thanksgiving. Yeah. And what's pretty cool, and uh, a reason I wanted to do this episode uh, from season two as a, a full you know, discussion instead of pairing it up with another episode to talk about with it. We do the Thanksgiving thing on Camp Nightmare mm-hmm. where we watch Thanksgiving or other, you know, bad, oh. horrible movies oh, that yeah. are, What's may that or may shit? not be somehow What's... related to Thanksgiving in any way. What's the shit we watched? The Rob Zombie ripoff movie we watched last year? Um, Derelict. Derelicts. Derelicts. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, so Noah's shark, by the way, is out now on Tubi. I cool. Sent, I sent you guys the link to it Which last week. Which has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, <clears throat> but, you know, sharks eat. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, consumption, overall eating can be the theme. That's what yeah. Thanksgiving's all about. Well, if so. that's what we're going to watch for Thanksgiving, I'm going to not watch and, it. You know, when I was writing my notes for this, you know how many times my autocorrect wanted to change it to Thanksgiving? Like, the fact the that my phone wants it to be Thanksgiving instead <laughs> just, of Thanksgiving just, just says something. All that says is that Greg has had a lot of conversations with people about Thanksgiving. <laughs> and not only that, but he has used the full title of that film probably multiple times in a sentence. While discussing it, at some point you should consider abbreviating with a, just the sheer amount of times it seems like you're using TG, it. TG Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> TK. TK Thanksgiving, yeah, easy as that. Exactly. All right, so uh, I guess first we post- talk about season ten plus on. Oh yeah, episode. It's and my pick. It's this Jordan's week. pick this week. So yeah, you got I- a season ten plus episode you want to recommend? Yeah, I'm gonna be that asshole who picks like. 
the one on the line. I'm picking season 10, episode one. Whoa. Because it's one of my absolute Whoa. favorites. The Lard of the Dance. The Lard of the Dance. Oh, okay. I love it oh, because yeah. it's just, it's the plots are stupid as hell, but they are hilarious. The, okay. gre- the Grease plot is amazing. Yeah, and I'll say one of my absolute favorite visual gags is in this is when Homer gets first his face stuck in like the vacuum hose. <laughs> yes. And he pulls it out. And you just see Bart's reaction, ah! And then Homer and his eye is like bulged completely <laughs> out of his head. And he's like, what? That, uh, Bart's like, nothing. I, I laugh every time. Man. It's so good. Uh, yeah. My One of my favorite gags is like Homer is drunk on grease power, right? And he's like going around <laughs> searching grease out wherever he can. And he's like at a fucking, I think he's a Krusty Burger. He's at Krusty Burger. And he like just puts his face up close to the kid behind the counter. And he's just like, my God, you're greasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're making me uncomfortable, sir. <laughs> you're so good. <laughs> Mr. Bombadopolis. And what's neat is, like, you see a group of girls in this because the new girl comes to school and she's voiced by fucking Phoebe yep. from Friends. Lisa and Kudrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, and she totally nails it for this, you know, oh, type of great. teenage girl or yeah. wannabe preteen teenage girl. And because the whole thing's about. Little girls growing up too fast or whatever. But you see, like, the twins, and I think, you know, Janie. And you also see Allison. She doesn't mm-hmm. speak, but you see Lisa's uh, rival, from which was Mike Scully's first episode. Right. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And where he introduced uh, her as, like, you know, and it was voiced by Winona Ryder. So she doesn't speak here, but you see her as, like, one of the girls Winona that's, Ryder. like, you know, thinks this the new girl's so cool and want to be like her. And yeah. Lisa's, you know, trying to be just a kid. Yeah, she's uh, heading up to school dance mm-hmm. while Homer is off harvesting grease and takes Bart basically entirely out of school. Yep, I <laughs> for love the that. sake of the grease. This He's is like, you're joining business. my B story. If boy. I remember correctly, this is the this is the one where they're like, "That's a huge grease ball," and the Italian chef is like, "What? <laughs> it's Luigi? <laughs> Why are you talking about Luigi? Yeah, Luigi <laughs> bringing you pizza? <laughs> yeah. Why you got to make a uh, fun? Huh? <laughs> well, that's my season ten pick. I love that episode. I think it's hilarious. I just think. Grease is just so inherently disgusting. Yep. It just lends itself to a lot of great cartoon yep. gags. It, it's yeah, and and also <laughs> I feel like it ties into Lisa's rival again because the B story in that was Homer having the big sugar pile. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which again is just uh, he has a stupid subplot where he has harvests a large amount of something. My retirement, please. <laughs> That's another line I always remember. Yep. Because this, of course ends in a greased up willy fight. <laughs> How could it? If there's all this grease, you know Willie's somewhere nearby, oh, yeah. ready to get greased up. Do you have any up. grease, woman? <laughs> I, I do. Then grease me, woman. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> there's nary an animal alive that can outrun a grease Scotsman. It's <laughs> one of my favorite lines in that show ever. That's the 100th episode. Yep. Oh, yep. Nice. So I mean, good yeah, pick, man. I love yeah, that. absolutely. Like I'm not mad that it's right on the cusp. Yeah. yeah. That, no, that's uh, yeah, that's one of the season ten ones I like. My pick, but I think next it does kind of. And I'm I'm pe- I'm gonna pick my favorite season ten episode nice. for next week. So I just also kind of like think it's a good representation for where the Simpsons goes. Uh, yeah. Simpsons go because uh, you know, this kind of represents. I feel like a leaning more into like just ridiculously stupid plot lines. It's definitely a and foreshadowing. Hilarious of- jokes, you know, that follow that. Yeah, it's definitely a foreshadowing of the jerk ass Homer. Sure. Era, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it's not full on jerk ass Homer because there's still dude's filling the back of his kind car of a, with grease. Right. <laughs> which is a real jerk ass move. But there's still like some 
element of like empathy and like connection inside Homer. It's not there's just a moral. I mean, it's on Lisa's side of the yeah. story, but there's a moral. It's not just yeah. all st- Homer doing stupid shit from the opening to the closing. Yeah, there's a reason that's the the B story. Yeah, and exactly. you know, season eight's Mar- um in March we trust is like that too. Where the, the B story of that is Mr. Sparkle. Yeah, but the, oh, but the main yeah. plot so of that episode is Marge trying yeah. to help out at the church because Reverend Lovejoy is just checked out and doesn't do anything. Or and that's a, that's Oakley and Weinstein era, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I find it hard to believe that season ten is really considered outside the golden era because some, I think some of the most memorable lines of The Simpsons are from well, season ten. The golden yeah. era is a super subjective term. Sure. Like everybody has a different golden era of the simpsons like mine is like season six through season ten okay yeah. <laughs> I, I would consider one through eight uh, most of nine uh and then like half of ten like there's like season a handful one? of episodes i consider like, i don't consider as much as we have to love season one i can't say it's among the best simpsons episodes yeah. ever made well, it's in it not in me saying that's the golden era is not me discounting seasons one through five <clears throat> There's some amazing stuff in those seasons. Just mm-hmm. six through ten are like every episode. I'm just like banger, 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 yeah. banger. banger. Totally, yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Fucking the clown college episode is in that <laughs> is in that window. Fucking yeah, that radioactive is man. Yeah, like, so good. All yeah, that anyway. stuff's so good. Anyway, yeah, we'll get to them eventually. Yes. <laughs> so I think the next thing on our on our agenda is trivia. Trivia. <laughs> I trivia. honestly don't remember. I don't remember the rotation. Where it's been we were. So fucking I'm just long. gonna start and ask you. All right. You're always trying to come for me. Yeah, that was. I feel like he was doing this last time. That's good. Good. Go for it. It's a shame we're too high to remember. Uh, Hit me. All right. Hit me. Hit me. I want you to hit me. I want you to hit me. It stinks. It stinks. Yes, Mr. Sherman. Lisa has the feeling she'll someday be describing Homer mowing the lawn in a dress to who? A therapist or a psychologist. No. Her psychiatrist. They are two different things, my God friend. God damn it. They are. Listen, you were technically incorrect, which is the best kind of incorrect. <laughs> uh, sorry, Greg. Well, I. Oh, whatever. Oh, for one. Oh, he's mad because he never loses. <laughs> No, I've got I've you you guys stumped me before. But didn't we agree? No, I've been on a streak if I remember. I don't remember yeah, how so long you, no, the streak you still was. Are. You've Jordan, been up for like 3 weeks. I got this one is a multiple choice, but I'm going to see if you can get it without though. Is the safety net still available if and y- yes. when I need it? If you it. want them, you can you can tell me. But you might get it. I'll right, we'll cool. see. At the carnival, what booth do Homer and Bart work at? <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna need those. Okay, choice. <laughs> a, a ring toss. <laughs> yeah, corny dogs or toss a chicken at a balloon. I'm pretty sure it's ring toss. It is a ring toss. Okay, I was. Do you, do you I had that in my Wiggum's? head earlier. I really I'm, wanted it to be toss a chicken. The chicken thing. I yeah. love. I love the line because like Wiggum's trying to get like he's he's trying to get a bribe out of Homer and he's just not taking the hint. And he's <laughs> yeah. just like it's a ring toss game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. All right. Okay. Uh, I knew you'd get it with the answer. In yeah. Thing. Whose picture does Bart send to America's Most Wanted? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say that again. Sorry. Who, whose picture does Bart send to America's Most Wanted? Are there multiple options for this? No, but I could give you multiple options. Uh, I know who it is. <laughs> so it is Mar- Bart send to America's most. Wanted. Okay, I'll give you three options. Who it could be? Okay. All right. 
there's Lisa, uh-huh. Millhouse, uh-huh. or Nelson. Nelson. It's Millhouse. Millhouse. Damn it. <laughs> Oh no, not again! <laughs> and they, that's like, where he ends up in and the, the scene FBI. From... Like burst in his house. I love that. They chase so him off. He's like he's over there by the monkey bars, <laughs> and then he ends up la- uh, later. What a great gag! He Anything up... Millhouse is hilarious. Yeah, he ends up later um, in a scene from The Fugitive. Oh, I didn't yeah. do anything. He, yeah, I don't at, care. at the tunnel entrance with care. the water. Yeah, ah, my glasses. <laughs> and then later, when you see him, his glasses are taped up. And that is also Lisa, Lisa's rival. You know what that, that is, episode. ladies and gentlemen? Yes. That's continuity right there. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. There's another Lisa's rival, Lisa's rival question. Well, I love that episode, so bring it. Lisa's <laughs> rival in the beauty pageant, Amber oh. Dempsey. Okay, that's a different episode, but okay. Says that <laughs> <clears throat> when she grows up, she wants to be what? And there are no multiple Fuck. choices for Oh, this. God, okay. <laughs> I I don't think I'm just gonna throw president out there, but I don't think that's it. No, a sweetie pie. Uh, okay, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen, I think it's the first time I've ever gotten Greg twice <laughs> in one episode. Yeah, the other one on a technicality though. But th- isn't that the best kind though? Be- like I'm gonna, that's that's a straight up Futurama quote. <laughs> you're, you're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. Okay, I am ready for more, Get Greg. Get what you got for me? Hit me. Hit me. What does Bart get from Millhouse's monkey? Oh. <laughs> Millhouse's monkey. Yeah. Fleas? That's close. Ticks? It's it's head lice. Ha! Head lice? <laughs> Shit! Is that that's so cold. No, you were, techi- uh, you were I was technically, technically wrong, which is the worst kind of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan is a flip flopper. <laughs> just so we're all just so we're all on the same page here. <laughs> Damn it. I knew it was some sort of louse. He some sort of <laughs> some sort of louse. All right, some okay. sort of little critter you don't. My, want and my on you. and my amazing streak was shattered <laughs> by some sort of tiny, tiny, disgusting bug. <laughs> I okay. love when Willie throws the clothes in the fire and you hear them scream. Like, <laughs> 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 All right, hit me. All right, okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna do another Millhouse question just because I love Millhouse. <laughs> we're just things are coming up Millhouse, Millhouse today. Okay. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah. So when Millhouse dresses up as Abe Lincoln, he says his his beard that his beard gives him what? <laughs> this is multiple choice. Okay. Multiple choice. Stature, respect, or a rash. A rash. Yes. It All gives day. him a, a rash. rash. That's right. <laughs> All day. Of course, Millhouse gets a Krabappel rash. Krabappel is like, oh, Millhouse, you go out there, you say one line, and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Bart versus Thanksgiving, because this begins a, an important Simpsons tradition of Bart ruining holidays. Oh, yeah. And that's what the writer, George Meyer, uh, said was kind of the, the, the background idea for this episode is because when he thinks of holidays and his family, it's always who's Who getting blamed for ruining year? what holiday. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah man. <laughs> what was, the fuck did he do this time? Uh, that was my family growing up. Sure. Was, it wasn't, and it was never the same person. Each holiday, it was always somebody else. Like we like took turns ruining holidays for each other. Who's gonna get too drunk? When I went to Christmas at Karen's parents' house this past year, we were there for like five days, and for the first like two days, I was so on edge because I was like so used to someone ruining holidays that I was just like, "Who's it gonna be?" Just waiting for that hammer to drop. Yeah, and finally, Karen was like, after a couple days, she was like, "Are you all right? Like you just seem really just anxious all the time." And I was like, "Listen, I've never been to a functional family holiday." So I'm a little out of my own. I'm suspicious. <laughs> I'm yeah. very suspicious. You guys keep like 
complimenting each other and giving each other hugs and stuff and <laughs> i don't uh, i don't know what to do whoa with whoa that. back up you're like hold on is this <laughs> my, is me? it my job to ruin things yeah i could do it <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of uh so yeah this was actually aired on Thanksgiving because Simpsons yep. was on Thursday nights at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuck now Fox. They Sorry. figured out when the schedule dropped that they were going to have a Thanksgiving aired episode, and that's what made them want to write this one yeah. specifically yeah. this way. November 22nd, 1990. Man, it's kind of a miracle that the Simpsons even made it out of those first few seasons, right? Because they like, I always forget that they got. Fox did the thing that they did with, that they do with every show that they're just going to cancel eventually, which they, they switch nights around mm-hmm. with it like think about firefly right like mm-hmm. firefly was never on the same night for more than like a month at a time yeah and a lot of people say like fox killed a lot of shows that way well yeah, yeah. that's what you do if you kind of want a show to die is you move it to a terrible night well, like, that's what i'm saying it's a kind of a miracle that the simpsons survived anyway yeah so yeah they were on thursdays they were competing with the cosby show um and this was actually like i said it was written by george meyer which he was one of the writers that collaborated on crepes of wrath last season Nice. This was his first full episode, and just based on all the commentary I've heard from him on the DVDs, like I'm, I'm guessing he's the stoner of the writing room. <laughs> you don't uh, think you don't think it's Graining? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's Matt Graining, 100. percent I've seen Matt Graining in real and life. I wouldn't be that surprised man... if Schwartzwelder toked either. But... I'm gonna tell you right now that Matt Graining smokes marijuana. Oh, sure. <laughs> he's from Portland. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he looks like the uncle that everyone has. That's always high at Thanksgiving. Gave them weed for the well, first time. Yeah. We'll see later this season, They there's caricatures of the writing staff of, of The Simpsons done as uh, itchy and scratchy writers. They uh, also And you'll uh, see George Meyer there, but later on you'll see him again in like the Poochie episode. He's the one that said, uh, words like proactive and paradigm, aren't these just buzzwords that dumb people use? To <laughs> I'm, sound fi- I'm fired, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that, that was a later updated caricature of George Meyer. Oh, that, that's fair. Yeah, so also, that, in, in this episode, they name a couple Dallas football players, and the names they drop are actually just uh, the names of some of the writers. Yeah, well, uh, Kogan and Walidarski. Yep, yep, yeah, because yep. they, they were the ones who loved betting on pro football. <laughs> <laughs> and they wrote an episode about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that they were like, you're a degenerate gambler. And you <laughs> have a gambling problem. <laughs> Directed by David Silverman, which is cool because... He's known for great dream sequences, mm. and we get one in yeah. this episode. Mm. Oh yeah, There's, it's a great surprise. We were supposed one. to get two, mm. oh. but we got. But the one we got's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a, a good one. I'm writing an angry So letter. opening credits, uh, gags. We got chalkboard gag. I will not do that thing with my tongue. Right on, Bart. <laughs> right on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> Couch gag. The family runs in, but they can't sit down because Grandpa's taking a nap, and then he jumps up and he's like. Ah! <laughs> Hilarious. He's old. <laughs> exactly. <They> startled grandpa. <laughs> Dude, so many pretty much all of the jokes involving grandpa are just like, look how old he's irrelevant old. this guy is. Homer's fat and stupid. Some of the, he's old. Some of the best grandpa episodes were written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein because they loved writing about old people. Mm. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a weird that's uh, you know what I'm not gonna kink shame. <laughs> Everyone's they, got they, their love, they love write, they love writing jokes about old people. The world needs gilf lovers too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this episode starts off with a great gag involving um, the inflatable cartoon character balloons at the Macy's Day Parade. Yep. yep. Where Bart doesn't recognize Bullwinkle, Bullwinkle or Underdog, and he's like, they need to make some cartoon characters in the last fifty years. 
And then in the background, you see Bart as a balloon in the parade. Which he a, was a balloon in the parade that year. Yeah, that's a so meta. It got this, meta as fuck. Well, this was actually the first year they ever had the Bart yeah. balloon. So it was kind of like a celebration of that. But then Homer has this great line where he's like, well, if you just make every flash in the pan uh, cartoon character into a balloon, you make the whole thing into a farce. There goes Bart. Well, yeah, <laughs> there goes Bart. The Simpsons has always been very self-referential and yeah. very self-deprecating. Yeah. Now, did did they did they already know there was going to be a Bart Simpson balloon before they wrote this, or did they predict themselves? No, that yes, year? they did. They knew it was going to happen. <laughs> they're not. They're not wizards, Greg. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I know that. But we're I like, gonna, we're I gonna like have, making the joke. We're gonna have that episode one of these days. The Simpsons predicted an episode. Oh, we have to. I might. Yeah. I might actually end up convincing myself that they are communing with the Dark Lord. The, Sim- <laughs> the Simpsons faked the moon landing. Uh, we, dude, should, we should do it as different conspiracy theories. And listen. Just, that would be great. <laughs> listen, for me, it Time began, travelers, interdimensional, whatever. It, we can think of some ridiculous It shit. begins and ends, with, for me, with Donald Trump being president. Oh, like, Lord, yeah. They, I remember they watching that. that episode in real time, like when it first aired, and, be, and chuckling. I gave a vivid memory of being like, ha, That'll never happen. <laughs> well, that's why they made the joke, because they were like, we were just trying to think of who's the most ridiculous person. Who could right, possibly... who could never possibly... Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, something I pointed out, though, throughout, you know, as we did, like, you know, a lot of season one and stuff, is yeah. this just, the Simpsons have always been commenting on things a certain way that, you know, of course, over time, it still works, you know? Yeah, sure. And it's going to work in different ways, yeah. eventually. Yeah. Especially with the sheer <clears throat> amount of episodes. Yeah, I think that's what the general response from the writing team is when people accuse them of being wizards and being able to predict the future, is that if you focus, if you hyper focus on pop culture enough and commenting on it, like you'll notice patterns in it and yep. you'll be able to predict. Yeah, we just understand culture and society. That's See, I would be, I would just be the writer who'd be like, uh, uh, Yes, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, be surprised. My co-writers if... also wizards. Schwarzwelder is, a, is like you know trying to keep himself yeah, hidden from people for Schwar- a reason. Schwarzwelder is the Alan Moore of the Simpsons writing team. He is just a weird old man with long, like Howard Hughes fingernails, <laughs> Shane smoking in a Denny's somewhere. Even though it's not legal anymore, it's he's a still bunch oh, of cigarette butts out in his beard. You know, yeah, put out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It's like Marge's hair where she keeps shit in it. It's like in his beard. Like, yeah, my ashtray. Yeah. Got my typewriter. But yeah, uh, what I love also about that Bullwinkle thing is that's when we first see Bill and Marty on the TV. And I love the line where he's just like, I guess Bullwinkle's got a taste of his own medicine. He's like, oh, I guess. And he's like, wait, did anything I say make sense? And he's like, no, not really. He's like, now I know how the pilgrims felt. What are you talking about, Bill? <laughs> which, I lose it every time. Which I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's a reference to. I don't, there was... It's in the it's in the eighties, but there was a year of the Thanksgiving. Maybe it was Willard Scott. You guys remember Willard Scott? He was the mm-hmm. weatherman on Today before Al Roker. He's big, okay. bald, fat white guy oh, that was like visibly drunk most of the time <laughs> on air. And like there is, there's a famous year of the Macy's Parade where he's just like absolutely blackout drunk and like making zero sense when he talks. <laughs> and like the rest of the the rest of the anchors just have to roll with it and like try to add context about? to what he's saying to like make it make sense. And it's just. What he's trying to say. Yeah, and it's just an exercise in futility on their part and one of the greatest things that's ever happened in live TV. <laughs> yeah, Bill and Marty are voiced by uh, Dan Castellaneta and Harry Shearer, and yeah, just sure. the, their delivery on these lines is what sells it for yeah, me. It's, yes. it's just like, like now I know how the pilgrims felt. <laughs> what are you talking about, Bill? <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, can't get so enough good. of it. Um, yeah, so you got like Bart's just being an asshole yeah. to Lisa mm-hmm. for like no reason. Yeah. One of my still, favorite st- little gags is the stu- unnecessary but just stupidly funny gag of "Hooray for Everything." Yes, the uh, the halftime show band. Yeah, <laughs> which they're a parody of a a group called Up with People. Do you remember them, JB? Up with People, kind of. Because they they're vaguely like, they they were a nonprofit like evangelical. Christian, like, yeah, yeah, I know who you're. But they talking. were like far right. Yeah, well, I mean, so was my family. <laughs> but, which makes sense with the joke when they're like, they're tribute to the best hemisphere in the world, oh, the, the Western, Western hemisphere, the dancing hemisphere in the probably, whole world. You guys probably don't aren't old enough to or weren't relevant enough to it to remember the Power Team in the eighties and nineties. So was that it was, the, it was, was a born again jacked dude. Yeah, who it was a born again bats? Christian, like an evangelical Christian muscle man group. I saw them one that time, would just dude. show up. To, yeah, dude, they would just they would have like they would that phrase they would, just made me. But laugh. dude, they would sell out like fucking stadiums. And, I think like, I remember seeing commercials. Tens of thousands of evangelicals yeah. would show up to watch these dudes come out on stage and like rip phone books in half and be like, "By the power of God, Jesus!" Bro, and it would I, be like, I "Are saw... you sure it's not?" You sure it's not steroids, man? Because it feels like it's steroids. Because <laughs> it feels like you're injecting yourself a lot on stage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's drugs. No, it's the I Holy saw Spirit. Either the Power Team or a Power Team ripoff. I saw them live one time at my church when I was a, sure. a kid. Same. What they came and they broke baseball bats yeah. and they they tore phone books yeah. and they were just like, "God gives me power." What do they do? Inject themselves with steroids and go, "Body of Christ." <laughs> <laughs> What's, no, the, what's that, was... that stuff, Mr. Man? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's... Here is holy water. It's the Holy Spirit, son. Get it in you. I just can't get enough, so I have to inject it right in my I'm vein. I'm real American. <laughs> I'm filled with America. <laughs> but yeah, that was a real thing, was sure. the power team. We need more yeah. of that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we do, man. You know what Like the modern version of that is? And this is, to- this is absolutely, we're getting super tangential, but the modern version of that is- People like the tangents. Stephen Baldwin- like yeah. the Baldwin brother that's in Biodome. We're back to Stephen Baldwin again. <laughs> I, I need an avocado and ice pick in my snorkel. <laughs> so Stephen Baldwin is uh-huh. like ten years ago became a born again Christian, like a, like a full on sure. hand raising, tongue speaking, like evangelical Christian. Hooray for everything! So his whole thing that he does now is like evangelical extreme sports. So it's like the X Games, but only like Christian athletes. Okay. Uh, They listen to MXPX. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it's basically like the postmodern version of the power team, right? It's still people that are like, the power of Christ compels this Ollie. Like, no, it doesn't. You you fucking practiced that for years. It's not Jesus. Jesus made physics, bro. Christ, please help me <laughs> kick this flip. It's like the episode of King of the Hill where Bobby joins like the modern youth group or whatever, yeah, and there's yeah, the yeah. youth pastor that's like, praise him! <laughs> and, uh, and Hank's like, can't you see? You're not making Jesus cooler. You're just making rock and roll worse. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Bart's just being a complete piece of shit. Lisa's trying to make... A centerpiece for the table. Yeah, and that celebrates she wants, women yeah, of history. Exactly. She wants it to be historically to go, accurate. Yeah. yeah, she even gets Maggie to sign it, and Lisa's so proud. Which yeah. I love Maggie's trip up the stairs. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the most dangerous danger. stairs. There's yeah. the the sparking well, power cord. Well, clearly because Bart and Homer don't do anything, and Marge is in the <laughs> kitchen all day. So I'm guessing that's why there's a sparking, uh, you what? know, electrical ca- uh, extension cord, and there's like a a gardening trowel and Bart's skateboard. <laughs> so I'm going through. 
She's like Mr. Magoo. So <laughs> yep. Karen and I are literally in the process of baby-proofing our house right now because we're about to have a baby in October. And um, time to file all down all the corners. I'm gonna tell you. You probably know this because you have two children, and mm-hmm. one in one of like at least one you lived through at least one of their infancies. Um, and both of them the have amount, survived. The so amount far. of yes. things that can kill your kid that you don't know is fucking mind-boggling. Like we have to get a lock for our fridge. So that our baby doesn't accidentally open the fridge, our toddler doesn't accidentally open the fridge at some point and then lock themselves in the fridge. Get, get things that like make them nice can't turn nap. doorknobs. Right. <laughs> so those, we got to get these like weird. Because your kid's going to want to go out and explore one day. We, gotta get, we either have to buy a new coffee table or get these weird foam rubber corner covers. Because apparently right. like. They're eight, gonna go right eight, for the corner. Eighteen month olds are nothing but mobile and stupid, mm-hmm. and they yeah, and they're just gonna run directly at the corner of the. Coffee if there's table. a million drawers in your kitchen, they're opening the one yep. filled with knives. Yep, it's Did, gonna like so, they won't touch the safe ones. My point is, is that I can in some way empathize with the Simpson parents in that scene. Well, because did you like, ever see the episode from season twelve where the I think it's a B story in that, but Homer becomes a baby proofer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and he's like, Cat- babies, let cats sleep on your faces. Yeah. <laughs> Brockman's doing a thing about like, yeah, how it's affected, you know, the doctors like not being able to treat yeah. hurt children. And Hibbert's just like, look at this perfectly healthy baby without a scratch on him, and I got boat payments. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Brockman's just nodding mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's mm-hmm. saying that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Baby proofing is essential. Yeah, yeah. Especially so, uh, in the Simpson so Lisa, house. So Lisa makes the the centerpiece. Gets Maggie to sign it. Everybody comes over. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Patty and Selma come over. Bringing Marge's food mother to, come over. Despite Marge, Mrs. They, yeah. <laughs> they bring. Uh, what is it? They bring. They bring something. Swedish fucking, meatballs. Swedish meatballs. And a, yeah. a trout. Something. It's like some <laughs> people find your turkey a little dry, and uh, there's a, for those people there are options. Homer has to go get Grandpa from the retirement home. I love that he's like mocking Patty and Selma on the way driving. He's like, <laughs> 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 you, you can't stay mad for long when you're listening to "Hooray for Everything." You know, it it's really true. puts a pep. The dancingest hemisphere. You know, you know what? You've never. <laughs> se- I'll tell you what. You've never seen a uh, an unhappy person in a power team show. No, I bet not. No, you've seen a lot of scared people. Oh yeah, like. This guy's going to rip me in half. If you don't accept Jesus, I'm going to kick your ass. We're going to rape the devil out of you. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, everybody, we know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> you filled Praise out Jesus. The, you filled out the comic card when you got here. Praise the Lord. Next, I'm going to break this heathen over <laughs> my knee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to draw and quarter this witch by myself. Uh, the power of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, so everybody comes over. Uh, I think we're gonna get into this, but I think my favorite single element of the whole family being there is Mrs. Bouvier, Marge, yeah, Patty, and Selma's Which this mom. This is the first time we see her yeah. in present because we saw yeah. her in season one in a flashback, and we learned she was a pretty shitty mother. Yeah, which yeah. does not she, she which she does continues does not to be me. one yeah. here. Well, and it makes and in like in a weird way, it sort of contextualizes. Patty and Selma and who they are and Marge a lot right a lot a lot like Marge is definitely the youngest sibling that like was forced to to just keep a smile on her face and pretend that everything's gonna be okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so uh, yeah of course Miss Mrs Bouvier Marge's mom shows up and she's like <laughs> I have laryngitis I don't want to lose my voice so I'll just say one thing 
You never do anything right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I love the family feel good vibes for Thanksgiving oh, in yeah. this episode. Got to set love a it. tone. But yeah. I mean. That's all right. So, <laughs> well, you know, it gets pretty grim when Homer gets to the retirement home because oh, yeah. the well, whole I, joke. It's like the following people have families who wish they could be here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think in a weird way, though, like presenting this kind of a dysfunctional family once again is sort of cathartic because there's a yeah. lot of people yeah. that watched this episode and were like, oh, fuck, I'm not that weird i'm not like my family's not that abnormal we're not that bad we're not that <laughs> exactly. bad exactly yeah okay so then you know everyone's over for dinner i love it homer can't get the fireplace going of course the not. hell with this i love that line and then uh <laughs> you know lisa presents her centerpiece and then bart shows up wanting to bring out the turkey I don't know why he's like. I guess he just wants to eat it. He's just is excited it has to eat to turkey. Be in the center because all the he table. did was the cranberry sauce, and, and even that, you, yeah, he barely did. Where's the can? Actually, open? he didn't even really do that. He couldn't find the mom, can opener. It's broken, mom. It's broken, broken mom, mom. It's broken. <laughs> and then, and then once he opens it, he just leaves. But both the visual and the sound of it slowly <laughs> sliding out of the can. So good. To the bowl really great. Great. That's great. Animation. But he br- he brings the turkey out and he <laughs> he wants to move the centerpiece away so it can be on the table. And it turns into a fight between Bart and Lisa where Bart chucks that fucking centerpiece into the fireplace. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that, as Grandpa says, that got her going. Mm. <laughs> Poof, <laughs> up in smoke. And it's, the fire goes and it's ashes. And she screams and cries and storms off to her room. It's pretty heartbreaking, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah, that would be traumatizing for a kid. These early episodes really don't let you go that long without reminding you how much of a piece of shit Bart can be. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. it's in the later episodes of Bart. literally start- trying to smother Lisa with the couch. That's what I'm that's saying. How that's starts. what I'm saying. <laughs> like, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the later episodes, <laughs> like, they, they start giving Bart redemption arcs mm-hmm. in episodes, right? It's these earlier episodes where, like, every third episode or so, you're like, oh, that's right. Bart is a piece of shit. Yeah. He well, hasn't learned yet. Because, I mean, in this this is a Bart redemption episode. Yeah. yeah well, we pointed But he never really learns his lesson for long. Yeah. Like, he, he starts off being, yeah, a real asshole and selfish or whatever. And then by the end, yeah, he finds his way there and he gets that moral compass. Huh. He just seems to t- forget every time kinda before like the a, next episode. Kind of like a tiny version of Homer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. Just a very short memory. Yeah. You know, that's their problem. So uh, I, I, when they're at dinner, I love that Homer thanks God for nuclear power, and he makes a note not to thank God for solar power because it's just a pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love his whole little little prayer, and that's yeah. after Bart is sent to his room and Lisa mm-hmm. is, is crying and doesn't want to come down. He's like, we'd like to thank you for the occasional moments of peace and love our families experienced. Well, not today. Yeah. You saw it, and then he st- immediately starts crying to God about how bad his family is, which we've seen Homer do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, Grace at the table before. And then he and finishes, <laughs> and everyone's like, Amen. Amen. And th- Are we is... the most pathetic family in the universe, or what? Well, and this is another aspect that's kind of exclusive to these earlier to the first couple of seasons is homer like hardcore resenting his family in moments (laughs) right like that sort of kind of tapers off after these first few first few like the first two seasons there's more than one instance where homer's like i have nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's yeah it's later where it's more like he really only has his family and needs yeah and like he's always alienating them and it's always like he's the problem repeatedly yeah yeah Yeah. well he always is really well i love uh, homer's just like he goes later (laughs) on in this episode he goes through all these different fucking mood changes and uh, just that's why i love him saying that prayer because hearing it 
Dan, Dan Castellaneta doing this where he just goes from level to level where it's just he's actually saying a prayer and then like he gets a, like, annoyed like, well, not today, you know, <laughs> and, and it, the to the point range. where he's just like crying to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which who of us has not? Sure. At any Jordan, given Jordan family Jordan holiday. So, and, and what's cool is we it's an, more callback to kind of stuff we s- saw established in season one because Lisa's up there playing her saxophone, mm-hmm. which we know she does when she's sad. Cause yeah, she's playing know. the blues. Yep, and she's learned that from Bleeding Gums. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you find that g- getting into season two sort of gives you more of an appreciation for all of the, like, just throwing a dart at a dartboard they did in season one and seeing what stuck? Yeah. Like, they figured out their characters by now. You know, Lisa's yeah. going and doing what Lisa would do in any other episode. Yeah. She's playing her sax. She's... Uh, intelligent. She's just interested in history. Like everything is very Lisa. Do you about see on this. her bookshelf. You see the Edgar Allan Poe book, which yeah. you know she because earlier that se- this season she read The Raven mm-hmm. from Halloween. So, so you know it's, it's on there. her shelf, right? We yep. understand Lisa. Allen Ginsberg, which she writes a very Allen Ginsberg esque. Oh, I, r- I wrote that down yeah, because howl. that was such a good poem. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Saw, I the saw the best meals of my generation destroyed by the madness of my brother. My soul carved in slices. By spiky-haired demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's she calls it the Love howl it. of an underappreciated sister or something mm-hmm. like nice. that. Mm-hmm. So for reference, the actual li- the line that she's re- so I'm a huge Ginsburg fan. Yeah, the line that she's referencing is, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, running naked through the Negro, Negro streets, angel-headed hipsters. Um, and uh, Ginsburg apparently appreciated poet. this joke. Yeah. And actually, yeah. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, he wasn't just a beat poet; he was like the beat poet. Like, yeah. he, like the only other person who's more not- notor- like notable, notable as a beat poet than him is Kerouac. And like, yeah. there are a lot of people that would argue that Ginsburg is. They more were notable. friends, weren't they? They were best friends. Okay, and lovers. Mm. Yeah, See, I know you know more about. I mean, like, yeah, no, we can just turn this whole episode into me educating you guys about the beats, but no, let's not. <laughs> let, let's not. You mean the band from uh, Doug? Doug? I hate you. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> wrote, I literally wrote my senior thesis in in undergrad on the beats. So, <laughs> so, so like, I need my allowance. Did they ever find e their who. sock? <laughs> Dude, all right. If we're gonna That's talk, the title if we're gonna bring Doug up, if we're gonna bring Doug up. Billy West. Yeah. I would challenge anyone to prove to me that Macklemore is not the live action version of the villain from Doug. Roger Klotz? Yeah, dude. <laughs> look at a picture of, look at a picture of Macklemore and then look at fucking Roger. They are the same person. I'll have to do that because I can't picture. You gotta you gotta put like a green skin filter on him. For sure. All right. Roger looks like zombie Macklemore. <laughs> Zomblamore. Hey funny, yeah. get that at the thrift shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, so Billy West did, uh, who is Fry and Farnsworth on Futurama. Uh, Has Billy he, West ever been on The Simpsons? I don't. It, maybe I don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think he has. If he, he did, did he it was voiced, just a very minor. Thing. He voiced Doug and Roger, I believe. Yes, yeah. he did. And yeah. if he if he yes. was on The Simpsons, it was definitely after like 2010. Yeah, yeah, that's what like. I, yeah, that's what I was guess. not on there before 2010. Well, there was the Futurama crossover, if you want to count that. Yeah, yeah if you count that. <laughs> but I mean, you already had like, yeah, like Tress McNeil's in both shows. Yeah, heavily. Yeah. yeah. So but, where, uh, right, so where are we at? They try uh, to convince Bart to apologize. apologize. He, does, he does not want to be forced to apologize. Yeah, he thinks he's just gonna be sent to his room and get still take his food to go. 
but they won't <laughs> feed him, so he gets very upset. About Twenty minutes. He uh, decides to break out and go find a meal on his own, and he brings uh, Santa's little helper yeah, with him. He, uh, Santa's little helper apparently ate Homer's drumstick, so Homer throws him out of the house, and they decide to go on an adventure to get some food. Yeah, it's I Thanksgiving, mean, and they're gonna get their grub on. And uh, I love I love the p- first place they go. They go to Monty Burns. This uh, which whole makes scene sense. is it's, so good. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, if you're going to go for a handout meal and you're a kid, you're like, I'm going to go to the richest guy in town. Yeah. He's got plenty of food, which he does. Yes, he does. He has an entire humongous table full of food. He eats, like, two bites, and he's like, mm, Smithers, you've outdone yourself. Dispose of the rest. Yeah, he just has a few thin slices of turkey, and he's like, this is absolutely succulent, Smithers. And then he tells him, <laughs> just dispose of the rest. But he still had room for the apple pie that's... Yeah, pumpkin pie. Pumpkin uh, pie. Yeah. Uh, it's cooling on the windowsill, guarded by an invisible laser grid. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that like, he's got the peacocks and the statues have camera heads that turn around and look. I lo- it yeah, feels like the prisoner. It it's a, yes, it feels <laughs> a lot like the prisoner. Yeah. And if there's, you notice... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, there's a lot of references to prisoner in... Some, the Simpsons, yeah. Someone on the Simpsons writing staff was real into that show. Sure. Is all yeah. I'm saying. Which was, uh, I love uh, when he gets to Burns Estate, it's at the corner of Croesus and Mammon, which they're both mythical uh, figures uh, of greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is which is a cool little nod they just throw in there. Mm-hmm. So um, Bart is, of course, attracted to the smell of the pie, as any good cartoon would do if a pie was cooling on a windowsill. Yeah, no, listen, if I saw a pie cooling on a windowsill in real life, like, I can't promise you I'm not going to steal that pie. You know I feel like I nobody pie? from our generation I would <laughs> ever let a pie cool on a windowsill because we've been trained to know that the minute you do that, it will be Somebody's stolen. Somebody's going to snatch so that. Karen, Some Karen, vagabond out there. Is... You guys actually both of this. Karen makes pies a lot. Sure. Like it's her thing. Oh my like God. You've, had, you've both had her pie. What's that delicious. berry pie? That the mixed, the mixed berry, berry pie. pie. Dude, you got to have the strawberry rhubarb. That's yeah, that was I've really never good. had rhubarb, and I really want to try the it. The strawberry rhubarb. So rhubarb is like a tart. I'm all about tart, It's like baby. a tart uh, <laughs> uh, balance to the strawberry, okay. essentially. Nice. Uh, but we have a running gag in our house when she makes a pie that she can't put it on the windowsill because Matt Murphy will come. Like, Matt, well, doesn't Matt Murphy sort of strike you as the kind of guy that would, like, take a p- pie off a windowsill? Like, he, he'll I feel like float he over. Yeah, like, he'll like he'd have a bindle. The, follow the, uh, the scent lines. The scent, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'd have a bindle with him first. for no reason. Exactly. <laughs> just, exactly. Just have a hobo <laughs> bindle for no reason. Like, Matt, we know you have a house. <laughs> Um, He's like, the show me a better way to carry my belongings in a bindle, <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll try it. But so, so ultimately, Bart ends up at. Uh, like a food kitchen. Well, before that, no, I love he's still at the when he's at Burns and Burns. Like I said, he <laughs> he goes for the pie. It sets off this laser grid and all the alarms. So Mr. Burns is spending Thanksgiving by himself, except for Smithers, who made all the food apparently, and these security guards. Yeah, and they are told to release the hounds. And the the animation of the hounds running at Bart is great. Like yeah, yeah, it, really the, good. the yeah. focus of their mouths open and their teeth. It's it's really well done. And yeah. just the the line before that, where like somebody. <laughs> tried to, or somebody was on the property. It appears to be a ten-year-old boy. Release the hounds. Yeah, release the hounds. <laughs> well, and and that's not the first time he said that. That's at the 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 picnic when he had the picnic. Ep- there. Yeah, the picnic episode. He said the hounds like, will be released in ten minutes. Yeah, but so now they're establishing that the as actual like a running release gag. the hounds is the actual line now. Yeah, yeah. which when he ju- he makes it just barely jumping through the hedge, and I love the overhead shot of them on the other side yeah, of the hedge good, looking like sharks. Point. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, just awesome stuff. In this well, episode. and again, like this, this at this point in Simpsons history, like they're throwing money at it, right? Oh, so yeah. like yeah. everything is improving. Like, because yeah, like Simpsons Mania hit like big time in uh, season two. Mania, was going in. yeah. Now, every Bart which, was on all kinds of bootleg T-shirts, and yeah, which makes it even more odd that they would switch it around nights 
on it, right? Like, well, they wanted to go against like the great. Like, I know yeah, Thursday wanted, night's a good yeah, night. Yeah, because you're right. The this was show. the this was must see TV era. For yeah, NBC. Thursday night's good. Like it, bad nights are like um, Saturday Friday. nights, Friday, Friday nights. Mm. Like you don't want the nights people are going out. Like, yeah, you that's want the true. nights that people that's are true. in. So well, like, but wasn't must see TV a thing on NBC primetime for like 20 years though? Mm-hmm. Like that's what they were competing with. It was yeah. like shows like Mad About You and Friends and the Cosby Show and yeah, Thursday night was always a big time slot because they want that Friday casual day water cooler talk about the show. Yeah, then yeah. Prime ratings and must see TV was always Thursday nights in the 1980s. Sein- and the 90s. Seinfeld was on must see TV yeah. for yeah. a decade. Fuck Seinfeld. I tried I tried Greg I tried I told you I'd try And I went back And watched Tried to watch Seinfeld Dude I just hate that show, dude. dude. The limo I, episode Nah Oh my god I will give you this I will give you this caveat Or caveat Uh, There are Specific episodes of that show That I find amusing The Hamptons But on the whole I fucking hate that show as someone who likes that show, I understand why you hate. That yeah, show. I do yeah, too. Yeah, it's but... just it's obnoxious, dude. Yeah, it like is. it's some and like that's what I'm saying is that like sometimes in the right setting or given the right parameters of writing, that obnoxious is funny. I think yeah, I totally understand. And like I'd find Jerry Seinfeld kind of annoying. Yeah. But He's kind I, of annoying. But I love Kramer so much. For sure. <laughs> Kramer, sure. Like, and Kramer most... has this amazing ability to just enter the room and you just start laughing. Yeah. Like he has not said a word and just how fucking insane he you is. You know, I, I really don't like Larry David either. Sure. Like I don't find Larry David funny. And, and dude, I feel like I'm losing us fans by saying this. <laughs> like I don't find Larry David funny. Well, yeah, the only thing I've Simpsons ever seen him do Seinfeld that I found crossover. funny is when he impersonates Bernie Sanders. That's it. Well, he oh, does yeah. George Steinbrenner. On Seinfeld. Yeah, again, not funny. <laughs> like, I don't... But, Tell you what, George. But I, I, I digress. So Bart leaves. He, he, he gets he, away. He, goes he literally literal, goes to the other side of the tracks. The which is side yeah, of the tracks. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which it's like Mr. Burns is like, you know... Uh, fancy neighborhood crosses the railroad and now he's in like slum town. There's Which, a I don't massage know if you guys parlors and <laughs> massage for you. Like your yeah. stores. I don't know if you've been to, <laughs> to Hagerstown many times. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That is I, exactly I to listen, what happens listen, in Hagerstown. There's a whole conversation to be had about the, the, the political implications of depicting that that way and like what redlining is and yeah. how. Uh, is like, Hagerstown Frederick's Shelbyville? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. I, Man, I would say more like Urbana is our Shelbyville. No, I would no because I feel like Hagerstown was a rival long before Urbana was. But Shelbyville is portrayed like a nicer place to be. Yeah, Sometimes. that is true. You know what I would say? I would say that if I mean, if you really want to get like Springfield's local probably there about it, I would say that Middletown is like Walkersville's. <laughs> Spring, like Shelbyville. Okay, See, I work all it, around Now you're areas, losing so. us listeners. I know, I know. They're like, where the fuck are these? Aren't real places? Where you, <laughs> he's naming places. He's just like making shit up off the. He's we're, just, just, we're making. We're just naming places. Hey everyone, he's a big song. fat phony. <laughs> it's um, a pitbull song. We're just naming places. Uh, Walkersville, yeah. Myerstown, <laughs> Myerstown, <laughs> Mister Worldwide, <laughs> Myersville, oh. Frederick but, yeah. Hagerstown. No, fuck Hagerstown. But Hagerstown has that. Does have that railroad track? And as soon as yeah, you go on the literally other side, like one side of it is. One side of it, you won't get stabbed by a hobo. The other side, you for sure so will this get shot, They immediately stab you, and they're like, welcome to Hagerstown. So this shot of Bart and Santa's little helper crossing into... You wow, know, the, the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> it's, there's literally a place in Maryland like that, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then they go to the homeless shelter. Well, and he goes to donate blood to get oh, money. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's uh, like, oh, I can bleed. 
Yep. And 12 like, bucks in a cookie? What a country. I love that. It's off-camera gag. He, he walks in, and you just hear, it's like, I'm going to need ID. It's like, here you go, doll face. <laughs> okay, Homer, lay down. Homer's <laughs> ID. Yep. And uh, there was supposed to be a dream sequence when he passes out in the street. Ah, uh, that would have been yeah, good, yeah. That, but we do get one later. But we get yeah, a great one. Some, yeah, oh yeah, but of course, that's that's what they, that's what they got David Silverman on this. So then he arrives at the uh, at the homeless shelter. We get a great Kent Brockman scene <laughs> where Kent Brockman is just like talking shit on the homeless. Yep. He's right doing to a their guilt face. piece. He's, yeah, guilt piece where he's just talking about them as if they're not there at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, that's a not even remotely subtle reference to like real. Oh yeah, yeah news absolutely. At the time. Oh, yeah, they not, were like, they were definitely sure. parodying. Well, and a that that person. era of the '90s is like right around the time that the 24-hour news cycle started. Mm-hmm. Right, like mm-hmm. CNN started the 24-hour mm-hmm. news cycle, and as a result, local as a result, local news became far more sensational because they had right. to compete with this 24-hour news cycle. They always had to find something. Yeah, yeah they, so that's when you, you started. You see having... Brockman evolved with that over time. Like they do the Eye on Springfield. Yeah, and then um... and even this one, he's like, I smell another local Emmy. Yeah, like, I, love, I love that the two hobos that brought. Uh, Bart to the shelter that find him in the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is Castellaneta doing uh, like a Bill Murray impression. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, hey, look at this guy. Like, it's <laughs> it, you can tell it's him doing a Bill Murray. Hell yeah! <laughs> Which is cool because they just assume, hey, hey, kid, you need help, and they they take them with them to the homeless shelter. And uh, Bart is like, you know, he says, "Viva Skid Row," because he's he's getting to eat for free. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and he I'm got twelve bucks. People with my hobo knife. <laughs> 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 he might have been there. Who knows? So yeah, the 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 homeless people kind of give Bart some perspective because the, yeah. he, they're talking about oh you have a house you can go to and a family that sounds pretty nice. He gives them his money and he's like unless you feel weird about taking money from a kid and they're like no, I, I don't feel weird. Do you yeah. feel weird? No, I'm, I'm, I'm okay weird. with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, it uh, but it's because Brockman's doing that piece there that they they realize that Bart is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that uh, that he's they see they didn't even realize he he's escaped uh, <laughs> until they see him on TV. <laughs> yeah, which they 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 said, "When's that boy gonna come down and apologize?" <laughs> and you know they're like, "He sure is stubborn." And I love this line that Grandpa has: "Homer was never stubborn. He always folded instantly over anything. It was as if he had no will of his own." <laughs> Isn't that true, Homer? <laughs> yes, Dad. <laughs> see, these yeah. family moments are so great. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they, they did put this on Thanksgiving and aired it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's James L. Brooks was still, oh yeah, like he a was, major producer. Yeah, the, yeah, he he wanted to yeah, do a, I, like holiday episodes. Well, and stuff I heard like I've that. said before that like the first two seasons, James L. Brooks really had a lot of influence in making The Simpsons like an animated version of All in the Family. Yeah, which was his vision for it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys remember All in the Family, Archie Bunker, and all that. Yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't watch a ton of it, but... I didn't either, but, but that I was the same. I mean, and these episodes where it's, like, a fa- a dysfunctional family holiday are yeah. very much... An a, animated sitcom, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very much a nod to, to that specific mm-hmm. type of vibe. Like, the Archie... Like, Homer is, like, a more lovable Archie Bunker. Sure, yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Jesus. So then when Bart runs home and we get our, our surprise dream sequence... Uh, where he goes home and he thinks everything's all right, and then they all start blaming him for things, and they all start turning says, on okay, him. Okay, you know what, Lisa? I am sorry. No, no, that won't do it. all. Not enough. And then it gets does that the thing. The lighting Simpsons changes. Always, yeah. The colors yeah. change. They, they do the extreme low angle like Simpsons always do with the dramatic lighting when yeah. things go warped and dreamy. Yeah, like it, like a fisheye lens effect almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really cool. And uh, 
David Silverman credits Eric Stefani doing the layout on this dream sequence. Wow, oh, the nice brother thing. of Gwen Stefani, yep. also the former keyboardist of No Doubt. Yep. And we also get uh, Maggie speaking her only full sentence, even though it is a hallucination. Yes. She's like, it's your fault I can't speak. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, Homer, you know, it's your fault I'm bald. It's your fault I'm old. And then all the, the fingers pointing at him in yep. a spiral. It's all your fault. It's, it's all, all your fault. fault. Yeah, mm-hmm. which it's catchy. The, uh, on, um, when they realize that Bart's gone, like they call the police and file a report, and they're like, "Why are you following a report? He's at the homeless shelter. He's at the rescue mission." <laughs> and it's Eddie and Lou, but their yeah. voices are different. Hank Azaria is not in this episode. Sure. The voice Lou, so it's pretty much Harry Shearer doing what he does for Eddie is Lou. So it's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's yeah, a weird yeah, yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. But um, I love what uh, later when. Bart's like, you know, deciding he's not going to go through the door and it shows Homer and Marge inside and Homer's pacing and Marge is like, Homer, we can't blame ourselves. We can and will. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's two moments. So his, his mood is just and he's like and then it turns to Marge, are we ever going to see him again? Oh, he goes right to crying. Well, there's two moments in this episode where where Homer has a, a kind of just rash like parenting moment. And this, you just named one of them right there where he's like, can and will blame ourselves. <laughs> yes. And then shortly in a few minutes when the kids sort of wrap up their own issues on their own, he overhears it and he's like, wow, we are good parents. We're great you know? parents. So they're always willing to take credit when the kids do something <laughs> yeah, bad yeah. and also ready to take all the blame like as we, soon as they we, do anything we wrong. We raise them not enough to the point where they can resolve it on their own without our help. We're great parents. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Matt Grading thinks it's funny that, you know, you know, kids are on the roof with a bunch of dangerous toys stuck up there they could trip on, and he's looking up saying that we're good parents. They're good yep. parents. <laughs> well, and it's like, Lisa, it's really not even that the kids resolve it on their own. It's that Lisa resolves it. You know, yeah. Lisa finds yeah. Bart on the roof because Bart isn't ready to go in. He goes up on the roof and finds a treasure trove of all his lost toys. He's playing football with himself. He's winning the Super Bowl, which as a kid, this is when I first figured out that that noise sounds like applause when you do that. Because <laughs> he does that like. <laughs> and yeah. I realized when you when I'm like, oh, when I play, I can do that for like crowd noise. <laughs> that's when I first realized that when I saw this at like age five. Nice. But Lisa tells him he has to look inside himself and find a reason that he would want to apologize. A spot. A spot. Find a spot that looking makes him uncomfortable. Spot, looking for it. Looking for the spot. And uh, and he finds it, and Bart actually yeah. finds when a reason that he feels he, bad. Yeah, he says be- just because I worked something stupid, she worked really hard on, and made her, cr- and it, that's when it hits him. Like, you my know. God, it's a pretty touching moment. But yeah, it's because he hears Lisa crying because mm-hmm. she is scared for him. She's writing in her journal, uh, reading out loud about <laughs> spiky haired demons. <laughs> well, she's, she's like, uh, I I feel like I let my brother down because I failed to take his abuse with good humor. <laughs> Which that's that's a toxic relationship. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's other issues at play here. Yeah, yeah. Well, but this this once this episode once again sort of helps consistently establish Lisa as the moral compass of the family. Right. Right. Like even when she's the one that's been wronged, it's still her responsibility to like goad the person that wronged her back to the, you know, back close enough to balance. Yeah, yeah. She, she says, like, why did you do it, Bart? Is it because you hate me, or is it just because you're bad? He's yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know why i do it, and I don't know why I would do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the, we get a very touching ending where the Simpsons gather around and have a very Simpsons-style holiday where it's in the middle of the night, it's leftovers, it's in around the kitchen table, in their PJs, yeah. and a very non-conventional holiday. And they have another prayer where they thank God for giving them a chance to have the their own little second chance at 
together without their yeah. toxic family members there yeah <laughs> right and which well, is and i think to something a lot of americans could relate to it's like hey yeah. you know the big when you make a big show of it there's always something wrong but you know when you just get the people you care about together have a little intimate thing that's all you really need you yeah. know, jackie all bouvier says again she says uh at one point at, while she's there she's like at risk of losing my voice <laughs> i have to say just one more thing I'm sorry I came. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that uh, that Karen and I are very serious about uh, when we talk about our pers- our p- prospective daughter that's going to be born is not making her feel obligated to attend things like this and not mm-hmm. making her feel obligated to, like, humor toxic family members because I sure. think that's something that everyone in, like, me and Karen's generation and your guys' generation has been forced to do at some point, right? Damn. You've been trained that it's your obligation to suffer toxic mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. we're gonna make a concerted effort you have to go to grandma right because or, she's your grandma <laughs> or stuff like and you only have two or stuff like go give your go give your aunt a hug right now well mm-hmm. no we're not gonna teach her that we're gonna no. be like if you don't want that person to touch you then no. that's fine my aunt smells like salami and i don't want her to touch <laughs> or just for whatever reason like that's bodily autonomy right yeah. like on a basic level but the same thing with like if you if this person is toxic to you and if this person is causing you uh stress then cool man we don't gotta be around them yeah fuck so him. like I kind of dig that this episode ends like that, right? The Definitely. episode ends just with like them. the core of the Simpsons. Like, you know what? We really just need the each household other. unit all together, and they're having yeah. their little late night, you know, perfect Thanksgiving day. Yeah, and it's like there's the Simpsons hit this amazing balance between one being so relatable, where like so many American families can be like, yeah, I see myself in the Simpsons, but and, and also in another big level where they're like, hey. My shit might be fucked up, but I'm not as bad but as that. But it's them. not that fucked I'm up. I'm not yeah. as bad as that, you know? And yeah. you guys said on Camp Nightmare a lot that that's why like a lot of people like horror too. Sure. You're like, hey man, my shit it's might like, be bad, but at least I don't shit, get... but I mean I'm not that guy. <laughs> at least I don't have a meat cleaver into my face. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I actually just wrote a piece for the newsletter saying exactly that. Like oh, starting cool. with exactly mm-hmm. that. Nice. And, like we a lot of us got into horror. At, like out of a sense of in some way escapism yeah mm-hmm. right the idea sure. that like wow the world's really fucked up right now at least i can escape into this even more fucked up scenario and sort of get some perspective right yeah. except for now the world is probably more fucked up than a horror plot than a horror movie right yeah, yeah. So we're it's, like kind of living a little in harder life. now it's all like avenues of fantasy right you know yeah. it's all different kinds of fantasy yeah yeah well cool. as is animation you know yeah well, thank you guys once again for hanging out with thank us. Thank you yeah, for spending a... Thanksgiving in June with us. Yes, yeah. thank Let's, you. We should start doing that regularly. Like, just assign Dude, a holiday to a different part of the year. Or like, just randomly do the holiday and nobody has any idea it's coming. And yeah, then like, just Christmas, like, boom, it's Christmas. Christmas in July, Valentine's Day in September. Arbor Day in the middle of December. My, my birthday's Ooh, in August, and August has no holidays. I mean, I would consider my birthday the, a holiday. There's the, where's the one episode that starts with them making a, like, uh, they want to make... Uh, a holiday in August to boost their their profits. Sure. They just something like Love Day, but better than that. <laughs> Happy Love Day, everyone! <laughs> Fuck you, Leap Day. I would be that dude that shat on Love Day if it existed. I love Leap Day Williams. You know, on a good old Leap <laughs> only Day. A, Don't only forget to chew on your though. rhubarb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, from thirty. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, it's not Leap so, Day Williams. Who is it? It's Leap Day. Uh, yeah, it's Leap Day Williams. Leap Day it's played Day by Williams. Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on Mariana that note, Trench. happy Thanksgiving, everybody. From Camp Krusty, shut up and eat your pine cone. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm JB. I'm Jordan. I'm Greg. Bye-bye, Bye, everybody. Camp Krusty.